From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I'm Brian. This is the best (laughs) beer show on the internet. Was not in front of the mic. Yeah, I mean, you you did a thing there, bud. And it sounded like a choice. And I'm going to allow it. Not a choice. What kind of was? I realized uh, things were very unbalanced. Oh, there it is. Okay, yep, no. Oh. My cable's also going, and so like I have the, the balance on one side cranked way over to yes. one side. That's why it's good to have patrons, especially new ones. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Before we do, I uh, got a big shout-out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do, a lot, they do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. They'll give you discounts at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the front link of our homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hoppin' Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and new patron, Dakota. I mean, that, I mean, it sounds real <laughs> cool when you say it like that, like, <laughs> goddamn. We could not find the last name. Um, so uh, it's, it's somewhere buried in my email, but it wouldn't come up when I was searching, so that was uh, kind of my bad. I, Dakota. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll explain in a second here. Um, or you can find the patron link at blindestudios.com. And while you're at blindestudios.com, you can go ahead and click on that store link at teespring.com slash store slash blindestudios. Uh, and uh, find some of our cool-ass merch. We have that. We do. I have some stickers. Uh, those are not Teespring Whoosh. stickers, actually. Those are, cool promo- those are those are pure promo stickers. Um, and they're really cool. So if you want us to come to your area and like give you stickers or just kind of like come hang out and drink beer with you, we'll give you stickers. That's the thing. We do that. I was going to do that with, uh, with Beal this past weekend, but unfortunately I failed. So I am sorry, Beal. I know you're listening. Um, he's, sorry. but we're gonna, we're, we're gonna make that work again. I'm going to figure out how to get to Indy again because I'll, have to, I'll come out next time. Well, I actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to dive right into talking about, uh, like what I've been up to beer related. Let's go. Uh, so Gen Con was this past weekend. For those of you who don't know, Gen Con is this big board game convention that started in Geneva, Wisconsin, uh, started by Gary Gyax, the uh, creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, then moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, then outgrew that venue and moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, to their big convention center there. Uh, when I last went, 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, PP, if you will, uh, we it was there was 75,000 people there, something like that. Uh, this year there was only 30,000, uh, but we were able to we were lucky enough to be able to go. Uh, check it out, um, and we went a day early, and we saw a lot of really cool stuff in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, there was a brewery that was in a converted church, which was awesome. I was able to make it to Sun King for the first time. Uh, a lot of really cool beer stuff happening, and then I know uh, I can't remember the district name. I apologize, uh, but uh, Bo is working at a brewery up there, um, and. It's a brewery barbecue spot, and I was super excited That's because awesome. I love barbecue and beer. Who doesn't? Uh, and unfortunately, we weren't able to make it because of uh, some events going on and stuff like well, that. So. And we were talking about this off mic uh, when we were having beers and food before the show, but that is a ginormous city. 
I thought MS uh, like the Minneapolis Twin no. Cities area was big, and this is huge. No, this makes LA look. Well, this like, is that's where all the juggalos live is in Indianapolis, right? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> that's that's definitely <laughs> your territory, Brian. Uh, ju- what? No, I don't know. That seems like more like something Carlos would be into. Juggalos. No, I'm pretty sure I, I've learned more about juggalos from you than anybody else, except for that one time I camped next to a camp of juggalos. I don't. I feel like by proxy, then you know more. Uh, I just got mad at them. Oh, well, that's. I also dated a juggalo. A once, juggalette, you mean? A juggalette, whatever that I means. Think, yep. Right. Well, she was she was an ex juggalette. What? She had a hatchet man tattoo, and it was a whole thing. Oh my. Yep. No. Yep. It, it, How exciting. Yeah, it didn't last long. <laughs> but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about what you've done beer related. Oh man, uh, not much. Um, I, you guys just had your Oktoberfest. We did, yeah. And uh, the Oktoberfest—it's—it's uh, it's drinking a little bit more mellow out of the fermenter than um, I know. I had—I think I said on a previous episode, or maybe a little hoppy you know, is what you were saying. But I thought it was well. I thought it was too bitter. Um, oh, yeah, like that's a, what it was. Too mm-hmm. bitter. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too bitter, but then I I drank a couple of pints yesterday, and um, it has definitely mellowed. Um, You've also moved into Podunk, Wisconsin. I don't think we've talked about that at all. <laughs> yeah, I live in. I we have we or not? I don't think we have. We've talked about the that I was going to move, but no, I definitely moved to the middle of nowhere, which it, it was on purpose. And yeah, definitely was drinking bush light with my neighbors. So whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's an exciting life thing. This is a town where everyone has an ATV or a side by side kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Was, oh, don't drive to the bar. Take your four wheeler because you. It's not driving if because you can't get a DUI. On it's a not driving if it's not street <laughs> legal. Oh boy. So cool. what are we doing? We're opening a commercial calibration. Are these twist off or no? I don't think so. No, they're not. Why? Oh, okay. I, I, I just kind of felt like it was. No, look at it. All right. Um, so if this episode feels a little weird, it's because it is. I just got it off an airplane. Uh, Brian. Oh, we're both hungover. Yep. Uh, Brian is doing that. So we're going to be talking about, uh, I should probably actually bring up the right notes instead of just the template that I was going off of. Uh, today we're going to be talking about brewing clear beer uh, from a beginner's perspective. So we're going to be talking about uh, clarifiers and techniques that we use to make clear beer, unlike that bullshit hazy thing that's very ha- uh, popular right now. <laughs> uh, but we don't have any preconceived uh, issues with that. And I told you the... Uh, oh, that cleared it up real nice. Yeah. That did really good. Um, so we are going to start with a commercial calibration. Brian, what are we doing with our commercial... Stella Artois today. Uh, we were in the in the beer cave at the uh, Dick Liquors. Dick Liquors. <laughs> Dick's hometown liquors. Yeah, Dick Liquors. That's what I said. Yep. And um, yeah, we were kind of in the import section and we're talking about maybe doing a Budweiser, but uh, that's a really cool trick I just learned. Yeah. Blah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Stop. I'm sorry, I'm having a lot of fun. I apologize. So we chose Stella Artois, which is in a green bottle, and Casey was wondering if it was a lager, and I'm pretty sure it's probably a lager. Um, but that that's a short Google away. But um, the reason why uh, we chose this one is because we're trying to find stuff that is more like... Uh, uh, available available in, for everyone. For everyone, period. In, in uh, bef- so before, while you're Googling... Um, 
And if you want to weigh in on this at all, let's talk about glee, uh, glean, green bottles for a second. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, so when your beer gets skunked, um, it, it forms the what the mercaptan that they put in gas so that you know um, what if there's a gas leak uh, and it it skunks it. So the blue light spectrum that interacts with isomerized hop oils uh, is what causes a beer to skunk. And so green bottles aren't your best option, obviously. If you're going to bottle in those, keep them uh, in a you know dark area. Um, and so yeah, I mean that's kind of like you know the the green yeah skunkiness. so uh, green and clear bottles skunk a lot faster than brown, mm-hmm. right? which is why um, you see a lot of limes in Corona or like a Dos Equis because those come in green and clear bottles. Uh, I'm not sure why. I, well, I'm guessing the reason the the lime hasn't caught on with like Stella and Heineken is because they're it's not an indigenous fruit to those areas. <laughs> hmm. Is I mean that, that'd be my best guess. Uh, but yeah, so those beers have a they have a very distinctive taste, especially here in the states. Um, it's a little different. Uh, uh, when when was the last time you were at uh, Shreepal? Skipple? Skipple. Whatever. Shreep is... Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, Bjorn will correct us. The, the, the Dutch sure. one. <laughs> Bjorn's not Dutch. Skip, I know that, but he probably knows... Skipple, right? The, is it Skipple? The Amsterdam airport? It's S-C-H Tran- something, Trans- so I, Trans- it's either Shree or Ske. Whatever. Uh, it probably is Shreeple. Whatever. Anyway, um, I don't know. Two years ago? Okay. So uh, did you have any of the... Uh, or while you were in Amsterdam, did you have any of like the hyper-cold Heineken? No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, last well, time I, I mean, I'm always trying to find something different. Well, it, it was like a really big thing, and it was like a euro cheaper for whatever reason <laughs> to get pro- it like super promotion, cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had these like things where you would get it like super cold. So it was like below, it, they said below zero, right? Which was below 32 degrees. So below freezing. And so it had like little ice chunks in it and stuff. Possibly. Yeah. Um, they had like that was the big thing. Well, when you're tasting something that cold, you can't taste any off flavors in it. Um, oh yeah, and so like it's like I guess like quote unquote the cleanest taste you could get here in the uh, states. That's not an option, and so we get it in the bottles, um, and it tastes vastly different than the cask beer oh, or the the I keg beer it. because the bottles are always skunked because they're all green. Right, and they're always going to catch some kind of light regardless. But yeah, I don't know. So Stella is. Six, what do they, they boast on the packaging, 600 years of brewing heritage. Like they didn't, they didn't get all like excellence on it. Like they just said heritage. Yeah. So what does that mean? I don't know. It means that apparently you you Googled it. Stella Artois has a wonderful floral aroma, well-balanced malt sweetness, crisp hop bitterness, and a soft dry finish. Stella Artois is the perfect beer to pair with food and friends. This is the winner of the 2019 World Beer Award for World's best international lager. So this is, in fact, lager 5%, 140 uh, calories. It is uh, categorized as a Pilsner by uh-huh. uh, Brewery Artois in Belgium. Nice. They so make a, what is a Belgian Pils. They make a 7-ounce version of this. They make a cider. 
We saw Stella Artois Solstice Lager, which is a golden lager that they make. Um, according to Wikipedia, which, again, not the greatest source, um, the ingredients in this are saws, hops, malted barley, maize, yeast, and water. Maize is an interesting choice. I wonder if that's true or not. Where are you seeing that? And that was on Wiki. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we'll, let's taste right. this like a pilsner. Aroma. Aroma, slight skunk. Um, slight skunk, uh, but... But also know. like uh, bready and then I wouldn't call the hops floral necessarily. Like, no. There's hop presence. Uh, it's almost a spiciness to the mm-hmm. hops. Um, color wise, uh, my head dissipated immediately. That's probably because I was banging it on the table. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, Mine is still kind of there. If you can, uh, patented beer light. Uh, this is crystal clear, straw colored, straw yellow. Like I can look at Brian's face through it, and it's mm-hmm. fine. So there's a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess, quote unquote, beer goggledness to it because yeah. Brian's face looks good, but. <laughs> <laughs> Note, we're about four <laughs> beers deep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, anyway. Um, so, yeah, from a, from a flavor standpoint, yeah, no, honestly, uh, logarific Pilsner. Um, starts very grainy to me. Definitely. Um, falls away to a little bit of a spiciness and then just kind of drops off. Grainy and not sweet and does definitely drop off there, what's, what's body. The, what's that aftertaste I'm getting? Is that just the skunk flavor or is that something else? I don't, I don't know if you're going to get a skunk flavor. I think if you're tasting anything that's skunk-like, it's probably hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So Related there, to the finishes. The, the finish, like there's a... Uh, there's not super bitter... By any means, I don't know, but, but there's there's a lingering like herbalness, I guess is, and that's not the right term. It's I'm trying to think of the best way to put. Have you ever had like um like maybe like a wheatgrass shot or yeah. like and there's just like a grassiness on the back end. Yeah, that's what's kind of left in my mouth. I am definitely there is definitely um corn. On the nose, or like grainy cornish. I don't. It's probably not corn. I think. I think you. Since you said maize, since I said maize, I think it's. Um. Yeah, pushing us that direction, but it's not. I don't know. I. I think it. There's definitely like there has to be rice in this. Could be. I mean, it's also a. There's a. (laughs) Dog is so loud. There's a. There's a good balance to this beer. I think it's. There's nothing that's too over the top or or just, if somebody said this in front of me i wouldn't be mad about it no you know, i don't just, i don't I know if you if you told me one way or another i don't know if i'd be able to tell this between uh or the tell the difference between this and like an american light lager well the sad part is that most craft breweries couldn't brew a lager this good or this balanced oh no so i'm and that's i think saying a lot <laughs> it is uh well, i mean we and we <laughs> We may talk down on American Light Loggers, but we'll never talk down on their brewing prowess. God, no. It's a freaking exci- science experiment that you can learn from. Yep. You know? But yeah, uh, I don't know. I've, I'm definitely enjoying this beer. I am too. Uh, it's, a good, uh, it's a good change from our usual two-hearted. <laughs> 
when when the devster was was here and maybe we said this on on mic i don't remember i think we did about prepare to be whelmed it was it, it, it was my it was my favorite moment with him i like oh you guys do you just sit up here and drink bells too hard and it's like well it's from michigan and we're in yeah. wisconsin and well no so we went you to, can get it everywhere yeah we, we went to a dive and he's like i've never had a two-hearted oh, and no. so i bought him one <laughs> oh, no. and i'm like Prepare to be whelmed. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and this isn't, like, I'm never trying to bag on other breweries or anything, but, like... There's nothing wrong with being whelmed. Not on mic, anyway. But, like, I... The only thing I'm bagging on when I'm bagging on not very fresh, two-hearted is the fact that it's the distributor's fault, obviously. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, you get, like... You get Bell's Too Hearted on its best day and on its worst day. And, and, it's, and all the way in between. And it's good. It's fine. Good it's enough. Swelmed. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about yeah. uh, something that we can actually talk about. Clarification. Here. Clarification. So uh, we're, we're tackling this from the beginner brewers uh, side. And I know right now there's a big movement for hazy beers, hazy like IPAs. You have like all of the fruited sours. You have these milkshake IPAs, um, pastry stouts, all of this. You have a movement towards haze, which I get. Clarity is hard. Yeah. It is literally the hardest thing you can do as a brewer besides, I mean, like, I, I honestly think uh, making clean beer is easier than making clear beer, if that makes sense. Yes, it does, totally, and frankly, I my, the, I, I cannot express my dismay enough uh, in, his, in, in a hundreds of years of trying to make the clearest beer possible and then suddenly there's a goddamn fad where it's got to look like dishwater. But <clears throat> I don't know. We've probably bagged on that a ton. We, we have. We have. So um, we'll but stop. But we're we're going to talk about this and we're going to take it step by step. So we're going to talk about things that you can do in the mash, things that you can do in the boil, things that you can do during fermentation, and things that you can do during bottling right. in order to make your beer clear at the base level clarification is given to well any process really especially in beer where solids are removed from the wort or the beer for that matter uh, two different ways or two different things in many ways to do it to give a clear liquid or a wort uh, the wort clarification is important because beer produced from clear or bright wort tends to be of a higher quality so by that I mean there's less stuff in there to make it taste different than it should, different than it was intended. Now, this clarification, it'll take place in the brew house after the boil, uh, in the wort kettle or, or, you know, you're, then you move it to a whirlpool, which is also, or you can move it to a whirlpool, which is also another spot where hop extracts or pellets are used or hop back or things like that. But worts that have been clarified might be slower or that ha I'm sorry, God, I'm, I'm having a rough one today. Wort that hasn't been clarified will be slower to ferment because there's more stuff going on. The so cells are trying to pick more up and this resulting beer is going to be certainly diff more difficult to filter post. So uh, what are the things that are causing the haze in our beer? Like what, um, so I know, I know long chain proteins mm -hmm. are definitely a big one. Yep. What else? Hop matter, um, any, any kind of additive um, that isn't clear <laughs> clarification related. Like mm -hmm. if you're trying to make a, 
German chocolate cake beer. You threw a cake in the mash for some reason because that's, that's a cloudy cake. Totally happened before. Uh, so literally anything. You know, I feel like you said that it was some derision, Mister. We threw a bunch of sweet tarts into our beer, <laughs> or sweethearts. I'm sorry. No, it was sweet tarts. What was it? Sweethearts? Yeah, yeah. Because it was a Valentine's beer, and you guys put all the candy hearts in the beer. Yeah, it was called Double Bromance. <laughs> that was a good beer. <laughs> So anyway, anything like hot matter, uh, you know, if you're using like high protein, huskless type of stuff, uh, oats, wheat, things like that, there's going to be a lack of clarity, certainly. All right. Uh, And proteins are present in all grains, literally, including um, all the higher kiln malts also have the protein going to be present even in uh, to an extent in some malt extracts. So I guess uh, we need to start uh, a level up higher than I thought. We should probably talk about grist first. Yeah. Um, because there are certain things you can add to your grist where pretty much no matter what you do, you're going to end up with a um, slightly cloudy or hazy beer. Yeah. I mean, if you are really going like from a recipe building standpoint, um, proteins, obviously, they enhance the uh, body of the beer. Um uh, but they can hurt your clarity, obviously. So if you can select lower protein grains, like we're drinking this Stella Artois lager, I guarantee you that it's all, well, you said rice, like rice corn, like this kind of stuff is going to make a nice clear yep. lager. Yeah, so Pilsner malt, um, you add some adjuncts like corn, rice, basically anything that's a simple sugar, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be clear. Um, once you start adding oats, wheat, uh, Brian's favorite chip malt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that was, that's a four-year-old joke now. It really and... is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever. Like, I I have I have a, a chip malt shirt now from Sugar Creek. Well, there is that, so... so. <laughs> uh, anything like that is I don't, going... It, honestly, I don't know if that was purposeful or not. I don't think it was, because you sent us two shirts, and I gave you the pick of them, so... Yeah, I was wearing it the other day, and I was like, yeah, this is a chip malt shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so and any of your, your high-protein grains, they're going to contribute. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a hazy beer, but it's not going to help. You can have a crystal clear wheat beer. Look at American wheats. Absolutely. A lot of them are crystal clear. Like totally a doable. blue moon has minimal haze, if any, depending mm-hmm. on the age of the beer. Yeah. All right, so we get into the mash. What are things we can do in the mash to help clarify our beer? So we're, we're going with a higher than zero um, high protein, right? So yeah. we're, we're going in with some proteins. Um, the first thing I can think of is doing a protein rest. Yep, protein rest would definitely work. Um, and that's going to break down some of those longer chain proteins into smaller ones where they're able to be filtered out or broken down by the brewing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things we can do? <sighs> Mash side? Oh, man. Um, oh, uh, kind of racking my brains. Uh, I guess while, while you're thinking a protein rest is it's a mash rest. So basically you bring your mash up to, and I'm doing this uh, off the top of my head, I believe it's between 129 to like 135, something like that Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right, Brian? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but I think from a grain or a grist or a mash, 
Protein rest is yeah. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Oh, you're t- oh god. Uh, all right, so low is one nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why, almost. Why doesn't like give the me the range? Ferulic rest range is it not? All right, or? protein rest range is. Why? No, that's I the just test. feel like this is something we should do. <laughs> no. This is a good testament to the fact that, like, everybody's got to look. All right, one, 113 <laughs> to 138. I was close. There you go. And, um, and that's a big th- range. The, the ferulic rest is somewhere in there, 117, 125. Yep. Yeah, so I always do my protein rest up uh, in the upper 130s okay. um, because it's easy, It's an easier step. If you have an electric system, do that. Um, basically, when you're decoction mashing... You're kind of doing um, a protein rest and bringing it up to mm-hmm. do your decoction. And we'll do an entire episode about decoction mashing with Fredrickson one of these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, because the mics have I, – I was actually cornered by uh, one of the mics the other night, and he's like, we need to be on the podcast ASAP. What? Um, okay. Yeah. Like, what? Duh. Like, I that this was just a Fredrickson dragging his feet thing. Oh, no, apparently it was both of them not wanting to talk to me about when they can demand to be on the podcast. Any time they damn well please. It's going to be a whole thing. Anyway, so we're going to corner Fredrickson down for decoction mashing. text him now and be like, what, dude? Um, And then uh, they're both going to be on for another discussion. Anyway. Anyway. All right, moving on. Yeah, so so protein rest is between that, uh, those temperatures, or 44 to 59C, and that's basically your biggest... uh, uh, like option for clarity during the mash. Yeah. Then you, we get into the boil. Choosing two row and or a pale malt extract and only add enough high protein dark malts to get your color and body. Don't overdo it. So, I mean, that, but, but, this, okay, this, this so, is a little off topic. Here. Well, no, go ahead. So, <laughs> this actually might be way too off topic for this, but Probably. I, I, I kind of want to talk <laughs> this about is gonna it. It's going to be a long episode on it. <laughs> Not long topic. Uh, I mean, it is. So uh, two, two, two row versus six row. Uh, the only reason you use six row is for your higher um, conversion rates. Yeah, so if you have like because rice it is, or corn, something yep. that doesn't have the enzymatic potential yes. to, to break uh, Because uh, sugar six row has more, uh, yeah, more enzymes than mm-hmm. two row. Yeah. Is there really a reason to use six row in a modern brew house? Not anymore. I mean, and, and honestly, like, This is coming, like, I've seriously almost been brewing beer for 20 years, which sounds fucking crazy, but. I've almost been alive for 20 years. I can't (laughs) can't say that, Brian. (laughs) Anyway, so all that aside, lower protein grains, blah, blah. Next step here is wort chiller. Uh, no, no, we're, we're still in, we're still in the boil. Are we still in the boil? We have not. We we just went from the Oh, yeah, yeah. No, my bad. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, so let's see where, what kind of fining agents can we use in the boil? So, uh, boil. So for the, I skipped us for three quarters of the boil. If you're doing a 60 minute boil or mm-hmm. for 60. anything, any or a 60 minute boil, uh, for anything, but the last 15 minutes, there's not much you can do to worry about or to make clearer beer. Right. Um, so, well, I guess it depends on if you're a believer in the faster you make the hot break, the better it is. And, and that, that's and that's and that's another one we need to do. That's our, half an episode. Yep. So Irish Moss, let's talk about it. Irish Five moss. gallon batch, nineteen liters. What is Irish Moss? Irish Moss is a seaweed derived fining finings agent. So we're gonna talk a little bit 
about a few different types of findings. Uh, we'll get into gelatin and yep. whirl flock. So we, we have we have hot side and we have cold side. Irish moss is a hot side. Hot side, finding. 15 minutes remaining in the boil, one one teaspoon per batch, five-gallon, 19-liter, at 15 minutes in the boil. Do you guys use uh, Irish moss at the commercial level? Definitely. Even with filtration or no? Uh, we don't filter all of our beer. The okay. only, Literally the only beer we filter is Minnesconsin, and sometimes if... Crooked grins looking a little hazy. We'll filter half of it. Oh, okay. So if it's 15, we'll filter seven or eight. But the reason behind always filtering Minnesconsin is because Minnesconsin will almost always be probably part of it will be turned into lemon breaker, which is our And shandy. you can't have any residual yeast. No, and we have to add sodium benzoate into that beer too to make sure it doesn't <laughs> secondary ferment. Uh, that, learn from oh, experience. It so bad. It sucked. So Irish moss, five blah blah. Uh, so yeah, so I had Irish moss um, and a little bit goes a long way, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. That does. So I think... You know, and there is a lot of, like, Irish moss, that's fine. There's a few other types of kettle clarifier. The, well, and so process-wise, you can though, use. Um, make sure you do a whirlpool. Um, and do not disturb the bottom when you're pulling. And leave some beer in the kettle. Like, do not pull, like, you pull as much as you can. But, like, if you start, like, if, if something gets agitated there, you're going to be pulling a lot of trub into your fermenter. Mm-hmm. And trub is going to add to the cloudiness of your beer. Definitely. Like, a- anyth- anything in the bottom. Definitely. Um, so, let's see. What are we talking about? Uh, gelatin finings. So, these are these are now, we're, we're, we've moved past the boil. We're in fermentation. These are post-fermentation. Um, during active fermentation, there's not much you can do or want to do because anything that you're going to do to pull particles out of suspension is going to pull your yeast out of suspension. Wait, I got to backtrack oh. real quick. Uh, Whirlflock tablets. Did we talk about that? We have not talked about Whirlflock. No, Flock. so this is carrageenan. This is another seaweed situation. So this is a cap of carrageenan. This has uh, some talcs in it to help them form into tablets, of course. And this is where we get to that real contentious um, hot side aeration thing and causing nucleation points oh, in oil. Oh, man. Which I think yeah. is a little too much for something like this. But That would also be another good Fredrickson one because he has yeah. pinions. Oh, totally. I'm sure. So Whirlflock tablets are basically like refined Irish moss in like a tablet form. Yep. So, uh, But I, I feel but like... we if, went if over Irish moss. Well, so. so if you're using one, you don't need to use the other. Choose one or the other Pick to one. use. Yep. So anyway, moving on. Um, um, but no, so but they use at different times. Yeah. Uh, Whirlflock is used during the Whirlpool, mm-hmm. hence the name Whirlflock. So after your boil, like once you hit flame out or... If you're a home brewer, um, five minutes after flame out World is flock when only. you would dump your world flock in, or I, we, or we, we, with fe- five minutes left. Don't or, don't be throwing world flock in like ten and under, and be careful five and under. I don't know ten and five. And well, under. so uh, your as as a home brewer, unless mm. you have a plate chiller, if you're doing immersion chilling, your boil doesn't stop until about five minutes after. 
That's um, after after point. flame out is is done because you're not bringing that liquid down fast enough. Yeah, and that's um, and I had I apologize. I jumped ahead to the the chilling part, which is gonna well we'll get to in a second. But. Yeah, yep. So uh, yeah, so as as a home brewer, remember your your um, ten minute edition is really a fifteen. Like just. Add five on mm-hmm. your end. Um, a, flame, uh, good point. Flame, flame out hop should happen either at zero or five minutes after. If you're doing a hop stand, it's a little different because you can play with some things. But as a beginner, just remember your 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 zero is five to fifteen. Like, got it. So then, what's the next? I guess I should probably look at the actual show notes. Huh? Uh, well, no, talk, talk about uh, talk, talk about Whirlpool if you want. Uh, yeah, or not, Whirlpool. not Whirlpool or uh, I guess yeah, po- post boil. If you well, yeah, I mean, if, if you Whirlpool, um, that's great. Like if you get if you've got if you guys have a setup that you're Whirlpooling and that's really cool, you'll get even more particulate out, especially hot matter that you're putting in later in the boil. Um, you know, and at the brewery, I mean, we we do some hop shots or some of the extract at the beginning of the boil and so that'll cut down on it too if honestly add like and add extracts if you can especially if at the you beginning can, of the yeah. boil the less the less uh like matter you have in there the clearer beer you're gonna get mm-hmm. absolutely so then after fermentation or i'm sorry after uh wort boil whirlpool then um as quickly as you can get your beer chilled yeah cold break Yep, cold break, and that will help with the separation of proteins and other stuff that just needs to drop out to help you get. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the faster beer. the faster you can chill your beer, the faster those particles are going to drop out, and the fewer they're going to remain in solution. So then after that, like we're we're working with. I know we have talked about secondary. You know, uh, maybe secondary, maybe don't. Um, but if you are really trying to get super clear beer, pull it into a secondary, and then you can. We don't add... call it a secondary anymore, Brian. We had this conversation <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It's common language, but yeah, yeah, we don't call it a secondary because it's wrong. What do we call it? Uh, we call it into into either conditioning, conditioning or a bright or a bright. Yep. And so, in your conditioning, or bright or secondary. No. Um, <laughs> this is where we can add stuff like. Uh, gelatin, positively charged or Isinglass, Isinglass powder or liquid. Which, if you are concerned about the beer being what, vegan. vegan, don't use Isinglass. This is uh, what uh, like prehistoric fish bladders or some shit. Not prehistoric, current and, day and historic. It's just okay. It's, it's just, it's fish, just bladder. fish bladder. So these are positively charged finding agents. You can use them in wine and beer uh, or mead, whatever. Yep. Uh, Guinness used them up until four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, but one thing to remember with this gelatin finding is to go easy on it. Like I said, it has a positive charge, charge, and it'll it'll like literally it will attract. Um, yeast that's suspended, um, it, but it will start pulling color and flavor too. Oh, really? Uh, yes, absolutely. So you need to be real careful about how your, your that works. Um, as far as Isinglass goes, um, you know, we're talking about a quarter teaspoon in a cup of cold water, uh, dump it into five gallons, 19 liters. Uh, so when you're adding Isinglass mm-hmm. or gelatin or whatever flavoring, um, or uh, not refining, not flavoring, yeah. uh, refining agent, um, and we're we're talking about water. 
How do we make sure that it's sterile? How do we make sure that we're not adding bugs into the beer at that time? Boil it. So boil the water, let it cool. That's the most simple way to do it. Or you can go to the store and get... Distilled? Yeah. And yeah, and then you know that there's not going to be anything in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can you can rehydrate that way. Um, you can also like if you use the liquid Isinglass, you don't have to bloom it. Mm-hmm. So the two and by boiling the water, we are doing one of the three steps, which is clean, sanitize, and sterilize. We're doing what with boiling it, we're fully we're ster- sterilizing. sterilizing the shit out. Of uh, it. Make sure your your glassware that you're using or your metalware that Dunk you're using that in your do not bucket. use plastic. No, don't use plastic. There'll be nooks and crannies, bacteria. Dunk dunk it in your sandy bucket because you're inevitably when you're doing all of this, you're probably going to have a bucket of sandy sitting around. Yeah. Um, honestly, it, as you're building your brew house, get as much metal and glass as you can, mm-hmm. except uh, for your first fermenters, use plastic buckets, never use glass, mm-hmm. because I'm afraid of it, and I don't <laughs> want you to hurt yourself. Uh, so yeah, moving on from Isinglass, there's a couple other different oh, yeah. pro- products so on the market. I've, I've, I've gone through all these steps, I hit my final beer, mm-hmm. and it's still not clear. Is there anything I can do right before bottling to help clear my beer up? Yeah, there's BioFine Clear. Uh, so what is BioFine? Uh, if I can get this right, Psilocific Acid. I'm sorry, Psilocific I'm the one that's good at pronouncing shit. I know. That's why I've Silicic acid, so SiO2, is added to your secondary during the transfer from a primary. Um, this will precipitate yeast, other haze-causing particles. So this biofine is definitely vegan, not derived from animals, if you care about that. Uh, we live in Wisconsin. So we don't. So we don't. Uh, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a joke. It really isn't. Uh, so quarter, quarter tablespoon. Tenth of the fluid ounce to three mils, uh, as much as two tablespoons. Honestly, you can really kind of go nuts with Biofine Clear, or another product like Super Clear KC Finings, the Liquid Finings is a two-stage deal. And this is for beer and wine. Uh, one pack will work up to six gallons. Um, so yeah, this is like if you're really like, I really want this beer to be clear. And then this is probably for like BJCP for like homebrew comp type stuff. You yep. really want to kind of pull out all when the you stuff. really want to push it. Um, and final, uh, like last ditch effort. If it is not clear, market it as a hazy IPA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hit that music. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's mean, but it's oh, true. Or a half of Eisen oh, or it's fine. Just call it whatever you want and just add haze to the name mm-hmm. and it'll sell. Yep. Unless you're a homebrewer, then don't sell it. <laughs> uh, no, but in, in all honesty, like making clear beer is hard. That's why we went Very. through we went through um, five five different steps and there was at least two different products for each step mm-hmm. in order to help make your beer clear. It is very hard to make clear beer. Yeah. So next time you you sit down at a bar or a brewery and you get a beer and it's clear, just realize, like, or just take a moment and be like, oh, that was hard. Like, mm-hmm. and next time, like, you go to a new brewery and it's all haze, be like, eh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and obviously, from a clarification standpoint, 
we didn't really go over filtration because homebrew. Fil- well, filtration is an entire other thing. Do not even attempt it if you don't have, uh, like, if, if you're not pushing if it's everything through with Not CO2. a CO2 situation, don't. And, and that's why we're not going to get into it because if, as a homebrewer, I don't, I would never. Closed systems are super rare. Very rare, and I wouldn't. I frankly, I wouldn't and, waste and, the money on it's, it. It's it's a lot of work for very little result, you know. Because your clear beer is going to taste just as good as your slightly hazy. Commercially, beer. we've got a whole other gamut of problems that need to be un unfucked by for you know right. filtration. So anyway, yeah. All right. I don't know. Let's. You have anything else you want to add? No. I, I, this is a fun episode. I, mean, I hope you guys enjoyed it because we did. <laughs> oh, uh, before we uh, completely roll out here, I want to let you guys know that we're going to be off next week. Um, I was just at Gen Con this past weekend. Brian is going to some cor- sort of disc golf thing with the Devin Devster, next weekend. One of our patrons is having a disc golf tournament in St. Louis, and I'm going to drive down. I mean, I mean, I feel like at this point we just call him honorary co-host Devin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. <laughs> Now he can send us a video of him in his work truck, like being all exclamatory about us talking. About right? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So you're heading uh, there next weekend, and it's just yeah. been a crazy month. Uh, we'll Truly. be back to every weekend next month, guys. I promise, because yeah. things are finally slowing down a little bit. For yeah, both we'll of us. get into the dead of winter, and then we'll whatever. But new, hey, new patron Dakota. Uh, what's up? Thank you. Uh, you're an awesome human, and we appreciate you. All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and just an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnessgreenninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.